We function best when we are properly connected to others, not in isolation. Relationships are God's idea. This is the eighth message in the series, Smart Living. The message is entitled, Invest in Your Relationships. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. If I were to ask you how smart you are, probably your answer would probably go to some dimension of a reference to your IQ, what you think your academic or intellectual ability might be. And while that's all important, the Bible teaches us another kind of smartness that is referred to in Scripture as wisdom. And in fact, you can have a lot of intellectual academic capacity and still not yet have wisdom. A lot of people are what we might call educated fools. They have a lot of information in their brains, but they don't have a very good lifestyle on the way that they're living. And so while they might have a certain kind of knowledge, they haven't learned or gained or or they're not walking in wisdom. And so in this series, we're taking a look at smart living from God's perspective. That is, how to be a wise person. And there's no better book in the Bible to study uh, to understand wisdom than the book of Proverbs, because the book of Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. And in fact, the entire book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. That's what it is. Most of these uh, Proverbs, these short little statements, are given to us by a man named Solomon. He was the third king of Israel. He was the son of David. And so when Solomon took over the rulership of Israel, he did not know how to lead the people. So he goes to God and he prays this very important prayer, God, give me wisdom. And of course, you perhaps know the story of how God poured out wisdom upon Solomon. And the book of Proverbs, along with Ecclesiastes, is one of the deposits that Solomon gave us in terms of wisdom. Uh, There are certain Proverbs in the book of Proverbs that are written by others, but most of the book is written by Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's why we're encouraging you to start reading Proverbs, to read a chapter of Proverbs every day of your life. It's a great practice to get into. We have a reading guide available for you at church-redeemer.org slash Proverbs, or you can simply do what I do. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and so I try to read one chapter a day based upon the day of the month. So today is the 12th of June, so I'm reading, actually, I believe I read this morning, the 12th chapter of Proverbs, and so you read based upon that day, and so when there are 31 days of the month, then you can get through the entire book of Proverbs in a month, and then circle back around, and certainly eight to 10 times every year you can cover the book. It's great wisdom for your life. I would also encourage you to read it, uh, maybe from a more modern translation like the New Living uh, Translation, or maybe even read it it from the Message Paraphrase, or some translations that really bring it home to you in our more natural language. But today I want to talk about one aspect of smart living. We've been looking at lots of different aspects. This is our eighth message in the series. We have, I believe, two more to go as a part of this series. And I want to talk to you today about one key area of your life. Let me say this as I begin today. Today's message may be the most important message that I will cover in the entire series. The reason that I say that is because the topic that I'm talking about today is one that you're going to deal with every day of your life until you leave this earth and go to be with Jesus. And I want to talk to you about how to have wisdom in the relationships of your life. Most of us understand the pain of relationships, the challenge of relationships, 
And most of us understand somewhat of the joys of relationships. They can go to both extremes. If relationships are going well, they're tremendously joyous and fulfilling. If they're not going so well, they can be extremely, extremely painful to deal with in life. And so we're going to take a look at four things today. Under each of these four things, there'll be some sub-points that I will give you, but four main things today that you need to know about wisdom when it comes to our relationships with other people. Let's start in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And let's take a look at what the Scripture says to us about this. This is right into the third chapter of this book. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, never let loyalty and kindness, let me stop there for a moment and give you a couple of other words here, love and faithfulness, that's the NIV version, the Hebrew term for loyalty and kindness or love and faithfulness can be translated either loyalty, kindness, love and faithfulness. All of these are key words They're based upon the Hebrew definition of the word that Solomon gave us here by the Holy Spirit. So never let love or loyalty and faithfulness, kindness leave who? Help me out here. Help. You. So everybody say me. So God's talking to you today and to me, right? Okay. So never let love or loyalty and faithfulness, kindness leave me. Okay, Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor. Notice the result of this. You will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. I think all of us would agree that love, loyalty, faithfulness, kindness, these are relationship words, Right? Love is only known in a relationship. Loyalty is proven in relationship. Faithfulness is known in a relationship. Kindness is shown in a relationship. And by the way, these are also words that are often used to describe the very nature of God. God is love. God is loyal to us, is he not? Has God stayed with you in the midst of some ups and downs of your life? He's been loyal to you. God is faithful. We sing the song, great is thy faithfulness, O God. God indeed is a kind God. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that in fact leads us to repentance. And so here we're told to make sure that these relationship qualities that are in God become a part of us and that we're to actually tie them around our neck. It's not talking about a physical tying like a necklace, but it's talking about just keeping them in front of you all the time because this is the way, the pathway to favor. Anyone want favor in your life? We all want favor in our life, do we not? It's amazing when God gives you favor, favor with both, notice, both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So how do we let love, loyalty, faithfulness, kindness stay with us all the time. Here's our first principle today. You have to remember that you need healthy relationships in your life. Notice the qualifying term here. What kind of relationships? Healthy relationships. We were made, created by God with this need inside of us to have relationships with people. Your desire to be connected to others is not just some uh, thing that you have in you. No, it's something that God placed in the soul of every, every human being. 
It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 2 when God had made Adam and then Adam was in the garden alone and God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so God made a helpmate because there was a desire for relationship. You need relationships in your life. And smart living, wise living is not possible without relationships. You need people. And we all have people already in our lives, and it's our responsibility to do everything we can to improve any relationship that we have in our life, to work to make it better, to work to make it more healthy, to invest in it in such a manner that those relationships are accomplishing the meeting of need in our life and the meeting of needs in the lives of others. What a difference it would make in our lives and our service to God if we improve the quality of all of our relationships. Your life, my life, would all, all of our lives would be better if we were to do that. Let's take a look at some things that go along with this theme. How do you have healthy relationships? What do you need to know from God's perspective? Let me give you five things that come under this category. To understand that God created us with a need and desire for relationships. That's, that's what I just described, that we have this internally inside of us. Relationships are necessary for personal growth. You can't grow into the person God created you to be without people around you. You can't do it by yourself. My wife has made me a better man. Why? Because she's worked, helped me work on areas in my life where I needed to grow and improve. And friends have made me a better person because they've given me input into my life. And hopefully, I've been able to do, to do the same for others. But growth happens. You can't live in a cave and be a hermit and expect to personally grow in your life. The Bible teaches us that loving others is one of the ways we prove our love for God. It's very easy to say, I love God. But the way you prove your love for God, as I'll show you in a moment, is you prove your love for God by loving other people. If you can't love people, you really don't love God. And a lot of people are running around talking about how much they love God, but they have a hateful spirit toward other people. And it's really a, a diamet diametrically opposed to the very nature of what God says is godliness. Because to be godly is to be like God, and God is love. God is love. Good relationships are essential for a productive life. If you want to be more productive in your life, you're going to need to have people around you. You can do more when you're with people than you can do by yourself. Teams accomplish far more than individuals. You can accomplish certain things on your own, but that's so much better when you work together with people. Take a look at these verses with me just for a moment. First John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a... Boy, the scripture goes right to it, right? Okay. That person is a liar. For if we don't... Notice this. For if we don't love people, we can see... How can we love God whom we cannot see? God says, if you say you love me, you can't even see me. And the way that you prove that you love me is by loving the people that you can see. And that is demonstrating the love that you have indeed for me. Take a look at the book of Ecclesiastes, excuse me, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend does what? Your life is sharper when you have friends in your life. And then Ecclesiastes 
tells us in chapter 4, two people are better off than one. By the way, Ecclesiastes is another book written by Solomon. It follows the book of Proverbs. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Do you see the productivity that comes out of relationships? Let me mention one more thing out of this point. Because relationships are important, read the rest with me, they are what? The devil is after the relationships in your life. The devil wants to attack your relationships. Because if he can attack successfully the relationships of your life by planting seeds of division, planting seeds of destruction in your relationship, by driving people apart, then in essence he accomplishes the work of reducing your effectiveness in the world around you. So you must understand that relationships are the target of spiritual attack. That's why marriages have trouble. It's not just because people are hard to get along with. It's because the devil does not want a marriage to succeed. That's why friendships have problems, not just because friends are difficult, but oftentimes it's a spiritual attack trying to drive people apart because there's power in unity, there's weakness in division. Always remember that, power in unity, weakness in division. Here's the second major point today, wisdom. Relationship problems are what? They're common. They're common to everybody. Why? Because we're broken people living in a broken, sinful world. We're sinful people. We're selfish people. We're self-centered people. And so because of our sinfulness and our self-centeredness, and because we live in a world like that and around people like that, relationships easily become damaged and easily become broken. But because these things are so vital to our health, these relationships are so vital to our health, so we, we need to recognize when they're broken so we can do something about them. So I'm going to talk to you about three warning signs of a relationship problem in your life, okay? How do you know when a relationship is going the wrong way? There are three things that always happen. These are not the only three things, but here are the three things that generally will happen when a, when a, a relationship, a common relationship, we all have this same commonality, but you need to recognize when you're starting to have a problem in a relationship so you can address it before it goes too far. The first problem, first symptom, I should say, is there begins to be distance in the relationship. You start drifting apart. It's the very first thing. It could be in a marriage, a friendship, whatever the case might be, but you used to be really close, but now you're like, oh, I'm not quite as close, and before long, there's far more distance between you and the other person, and if you're not careful, you don't intervene, that distance just increases over a period of time. Distance yields something. You see it in our culture today, do we not? Okay, People are distancing themselves from one another. That leads to the second thing, disrespect. Okay, That once you get far enough apart, you begin to pick out all the faults in the other person. 
that you started seeing, but now you've magnified them, and now it becomes a disrespect toward them. It may only be an attitude. It might even be in words or action, but you now have distance, and now there's a disrespect. There's a contempt that starts to form inside of the heart, and so now the distance is reinforced by disrespect, and disrespect never builds a relationship. It always tears a relationship apart. Can I get an amen right there, okay? And then the final sign, distance, leads to what? Here's our next one, finally division. The conflict, the distance, and the disrespect becomes far more pronounced, more personal, and now there's just a division. You may still smile at each other and and wave at a distance. You may not necessarily be outwardly uh, hostile toward each other, but there's still this this division that has occurred in your lives. Your lives are now running on parallel streams rather than unified streams together. Distance, disrespect, division. Never passively accept distance or disrespect or division in your life. If you see distance, disrespect, or division starting to happen in your relationship. Don't just sit back and hope it's going to go away. No, you need to be proactive in addressing it, and I'll talk in a moment about how to do that. But let's talk about some reasons for this just for a moment, because relationships break down for common what? Not only the common are relationship problems common, but they're common reasons for relationship breakdowns. I'm going to share with you some of the common reasons. I'm going to go quickly through 10 of these. Is that okay today? Okay. By the way, this, is, this could be an entire relationship seminar. I'm just giving you a relationship, a relationship seminar in about 35 minutes here today. Okay. So you're going to have to do some thinking on your own about this because I can't cover everything today. But let me quickly walk you through the most common reasons relationships break down. This is from study, reading, and experience over 40 plus years. Okay. First reason is because there's a weak commitment. Relationships are built on commitments. Every relationship has to have a commitment to it. Okay. That's how marriage is formed. That's how marriage stays together. It's called commitment. It's not called emotion. It's called commitment. I'm committed to you. That's how friendships endure over a period of time. That's how people involved in churches stay in churches for an extended period of time because they're committed. I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this church. And so I've made a commitment. I'm planted. I'm planted in my marriage. I'm planted in my friendships. I'm planted in my job, whatever the case might be. But when there's a weak and a commitment, there will always be a breakdown in the relationship. Because the glue that holds a relationship together is not your feelings. The glue that holds a relationship together will be your commitments. Okay? Because you're not going to always feel in love with somebody else. Okay? You're not going to always feel in love with your husband or in love with your wife. You're going to wake up one day and say, I'm not sure if I really like this person. Okay? And guess what? They woke up and said they didn't know if they liked you, okay, okay, either, okay? 
But the issue is not what you feel. The issue is, am I committed? And that's the first thing that you ever deal with in any married situation if you're trying to heal a relationship. The first question I would ask a couple is, are you committed to this marriage? Because if they're not committed, then nothing's going to... I could spend the next 50 years trying to counsel them, but nothing's going to change them unless they're committed to working on the relationship. And the same is true for you and me. When your commitments in any realm of life begin to be weak, then suddenly the relationship starts to break down. I'm going to talk about how we address that in a moment. The second major reason that relationships break down is just poor maintenance. Listen, if you don't brush your teeth, they will fall out. Okay. 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 If you don't change your oil in your car, it will have, you will have a problem. It's pay me now or pay me later. Okay. And the same is true in relationships. You pay me now or pay me later. You have to, you know, some people, I can't afford to have a date night with my wife. Well, can you afford a divorce attorney? Which is cheaper? Okay. Might be cheaper to go to McDonald's, okay? Might be cheaper to do something, okay? Go take a walk in the park or do something like that, right? Okay. okay. Exactly right. Get some, get some mayonnaise and mustard and a couple of slices of bologna and go sit at the park. Man, that's a whole lot cheaper, okay? But you got to maintain things. If you don't maintain them, they're not going to, and this, a lot of relationships just fall apart because there's been no maintenance. They've done nothing to maintain the relationship. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, okay. I'm preaching good today. I know I am. Okay. All right. Unfair. Here's another reason relationships break down. Unfair and unfulfilled what? Most expectations you have in any relationship in your life, you never told the other person what your expectations are, but you still hold them accountable for it. There's never been any conversation about, well, I'm expecting you to do, and you just have these, these untold, unexpressed expectations, and many, many times, if not most of the time, they're unfair. The other person could never meet them anyway, but you're holding them accountable to meeting an expectation that they couldn't meet anyway, and so then they don't fulfill it, and then you're disappointed, and now, as we'll talk about in a moment, something else happens after that that leads to a breakdown and distancing and disrespect and division and all those things, but, but you have to be aware. What, what am I holding people accountable for in terms of expectations that aren't even fair to them. They could not do it if, if they even tried. Some of you are trying to get somebody to fill your love tank, and your love tank is so huge. I mean, if you had 50 people, they couldn't fill it. Loving you 24 hours a day, you'd still want more, okay? And you have this expectation that this person's got to be my life and fill my cup. They can't fill your cup. Jesus can, okay? But a person can't, okay? So you have these unfulfilled, unfair expectations. These are all common reasons, okay? Here's the next thing. Unresolved hurt and anger. It starts with disappointment or an offense. You're disappointed. You're offended. You get your feelings hurt. And hurt never stays hurt. It always be turns into anger. You can't just carry hurt around inside of you and expect it just to stay hurt. No, hurt over time turns into anger if you don't resolve it, okay? It doesn't just dissolve. Anytime you get hurt and you don't resolve it, 
What's going to happen is it's going to become something that you carry around inside of you and it builds up inside of you in angry forms. And that's why sometimes all it takes, you heard the, the, old, uh, the, the saying that uh, people have a chip on their, on their shoulder, okay? That you just knock the little chip off and they blow up. Why? Because it's not the chip that they blow up on. It's the, all the other stuff that's built up inside of them that they haven't dealt with. And again, we'll come back to that in a moment. But this builds up inside of us. Here's another common reason, a spirit of strife. And that's really what happens as soon as we begin to be angry on the inside, you're not going to get along with anybody, okay? There's going to be a spirit of strife. You begin to have a quarrelsome kind of nature with each other. You have this, this, this proneness to fighting and contention in the relationship. And now what used to perhaps even be peaceful is not peaceful anymore because that spirit of strife is there. Another reason relationships break down is poor management of your emotions, Everybody has emotions, but you have to learn something called self-control. And self-control is the ability to put a cap or put a filter on your emotions, to put a cap on, to control it yourself, okay? If you have an explosive temper, you have to learn how to control your temper. If you have an excessive amount of moodiness, you need to learn how to control your moodiness. If you're a powder you need to control your pouting, okay? If you're a person that, that has passive-aggressive tendencies, you have to learn how to control that. You can control your emotions. I will prove it to you. You know this very well. You're having a knock-down, drag-out fight at home, and don't act like it's never happened. It's happened to every one of you, okay? I mean, things are hot and heavy in the house, and I mean, it's really going strong, and everybody's yelling at each other, and the phone rings, and you pick up the phone. Hello? Hi, how are you? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. Things are going well, yeah. Yeah, it's a great day, aren't you? Are you doing good? Yeah, we're doing fine. It's good. Down, back to everything else again. Okay. What is that called? It's called self-control, okay, okay. So you can do this, okay? It's just a matter if you want to do it or not. You put a filter on. See, when you picked up the phone, you put a filter on it, okay? You can put the same filter on in the way that you're talking and communicating with each other if you choose to do that, okay? All right? Here's another reason relationships break down. Over-dependence or independence? Over-dependence. So needy, I need you. I need you. You're the person I need in my life. And I'm just so dependent upon you, okay? I've got to have you. Don't ever leave me. Okay? I'm going to tell you what that is. Are you ready? I'm going to write it on the board, okay? Okay, right? The other side, I don't need you. I can live life on my own. You're not important to me. That's the other side, right? Both of these continuums. Neither of those build a relationship, right? Mutual dependency, if you will, is the thing that we want, the, the, the ability to connect and, and fill the gaps with one another that we can, but also have an individual life that, that we're not so weak that we can't stand up on our own two feet. But there's a lot of relationships that are suffering and breaking down because of these two things. Let's take a look at just, I think, a couple of more. Maybe this is the last one. Weak relationship skills. 
weak relationship skills are just the fact that you, don't, you haven't learned. You haven't spent any time really paying attention to how to develop skills. You need to read some books, and we'll come back to that in a moment. I'll give you two. I do have two more here. Pride, that'll kill every relationship. It'll kill everybody because you don't know how to say I'm sorry, okay? You don't know how to own up and say, yes, this is my fault. I'm owning up to it to humble yourself and be willing to acknowledge that. I'm going to give you one more here. This is a big one. I don't have time to talk about addictions. Destroy a relationship. Our world is being destroyed by addictions. Addictions to substances, addictions to pornography, addictions to all kinds of things in our world today. And it's driving, it's killing marriages, it's destroying relationships. Okay. Because when you're addicted, you create a system around you, okay? It's a system of addiction that happens. And as a, people become you know, codependent with you in the process, and there's a whole sickness that happens in the relationship when you're connected with addictions. It happens with substances, all kinds of things. Look at this. This is actually in the Bible. Take a look at this. You didn't know the Bible addressed this, did you? Proverbs 23, verses 29 and 30. Whose heart is filled with anguish and sorrow? Who is always fighting and quarreling? Now, would you agree that's a relationship issue, right? Who is the man with bloodshot eyes and many wounds? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new mixtures. I'm going to leave it at that right there, okay? Talking about addictions, what it does to us. Here's our last and final point. Does still everybody with you? Everybody still with me today? Okay. Number four, you can make your relationships what? You can. You can make your relationships better. But you have to know how. How do you improve your relationships? Let me give you some suggestions on how to improve your relationships so we can turn this around uh, today in some good manners and good direction. First of all, just take responsibility. Nothing will ever change in your life until you take responsibility to make it change. If you sit back passively and hope that something's going to change... You're just, you're wasting your time and energy. And also remember, when we talk about taking responsibility, we're not talking about taking responsibility to change someone else. We're talking about taking responsibility to work on you, okay? You are the only person you can change. And you even have a problem with you, okay? okay. Sometimes, I'm going to change somebody else. No, you can't even change you, okay? So you need to take focus on what's going on in your life. It's easy to blame somebody else and said, if they would change, if they would do this, and everything would be better. But you've got to start taking responsibility. The only person that you're responsible for, the only person that you will stand before God and give an account for is you. Okay? You're not going to give an account for your husband, your wife, your kids, your neighbors, your coworkers. You're going to give an account for how you handle the relationships of your life. Did you do it the Jesus way? Okay. Did you seek to do it the Jesus way? There's not none of us that do it perfectly, but are you seeking to do it the Jesus way? Here's a second thing. It'll make your relationships better. Important. Seek personal healing and peace. If you're not healed internally or at least in the process of being healed internally, and by the way, if you're not at peace in you, people around you are not going to be at peace, okay? If you've got a storm going on inside of you, you'll take your storm everywhere you go, Okay? A lot of people try to have geographical fixes for their life, okay? They got this big storm going, well, I'm going to move to California and get a new start. No, you're not. You're going to take your storm to California, okay? 
There's a lot of people try to fix things geographically, or I'm just going to get me a new husband, I'll get me a new wife, and everything will be better then. Guess what? You take you with you into every relationship. Actually, there are a lot of statistics that point out the second and third marriages have a higher rate of divorce even than first marriages, okay? Because you never fix your problem. And so you've got to seek your personal healing and seek your own personal peace. You've got to come to that place where God is able to work on the broken, dysfunctional, sinful areas of your life. That's why we encourage every one of you to make sure as we come into the fall, take our Steps to Freedom class. The Steps to Freedom class will help you to do this. It'll help you to begin to experience healing and peace inside of you. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, uh, five minutes, five days, five years, 50 years, 500 years. We all still have stuff in our lives where we need to be healed, where God wants to make us more whole than we are now and bring about restoration to our lives. We have a wonderful ministry called Celebrate Recovery that focuses in upon healing and bringing peace to your life so that you can bring healing to your relationships. This is why we do stuff like this in our church, because we believe that everybody needs this. We all need our souls restored, okay? We all need our souls restored. How do you make your relationships better? Reaffirm your commitments to other people. Who are the important people in your life? And when was the last time you told them you're committed to them? Through thick and thin, you're committed to them. When was the last time you verbalized that? And then backed up your verbalization with your actions. You said, you know, I'm committed to you. I'm in this thing. I'm committed to you. And you reaffirm that. It needs to be done regularly where there's a consistent communication of the fact that you're committed both by your words but obviously, and most importantly, by your actions, because words are cheap. Actions speak louder than words. And then make sure that you pray through your relationship barriers. How do you make your relationships better? You pray through your relationship barriers. When something happens in your life that is, involves another person, before you go and give them a piece of your mind... And blow up on them. As I've told you before, when you give another person a piece of your mind, what do you have less of? Your mind. Okay. Okay. And so we go and we blow up. But before you do that, why don't you just take some time and go to God and get on your knees and say, God, let me just talk to you about what I'm feeling right now. I've got this, I've got this frustration, this offense has hurt my heart toward my husband, my wife, my friend, my neighbor, and it's bothering me. And what I've learned over the years is a lot of times when I've knelt down to pray over a relationship problem, let's say, for example, Terry and I, we might have had a disagreement or something many, many times when I've gone to pray and I initially prayed thinking the problem was her, I got up understanding the problem was me. Okay. Because God has a way of opening up your eyes and helping you to see you and the way that you need to see you. And suddenly, he's able to humble you and bring you to the place of realizing it's really not the other person. It's really something that needs to change in you. But, but we need to go to our knees because God cares about our relationships. He'll break the strongholds in our relationship. But you have to pray through them. You have to learn how to not just, just blow up and blast and just explode, but how to take your Think your problems to God in prayer. All problems are certainly relationship problems. And then release your offenses. One of the things that's essential in life is to learn to just let go when somebody's hurt you. Just give it up and forgive. Release it. Because this is what's going to happen in life. Anytime you're hurt or offended or angry, you will either retain or release your offense. 
and the majority of people in our world today are retaining offenses. They're offended about something and they're still carrying it. Sometimes it might go back 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but it's still down here because when you get offended and you don't release it and let go of it, it doesn't go away. It's anger that's down inside of you that affects you far more than you realize. Let me illustrate it this way. If I were to put you in a swimming pool and hand you a beach ball, everybody knows what a beach ball is, a big old beach ball filled up with air, and ask you to hold that beach ball underwater, what would happen? What does that beach ball want to do? You have to use energy to keep the beach ball where? Under the water, okay? So as you're always pushing it down because it wants to come up. The same is true with anger and resentment. When you get it in your life, it gets in here, and you have to keep pushing it down. You may not even realize that it's there, but it wants to pop up out of you, and and it will pop up in the most strange situations, okay? On I-270 with the car that pulls in front of you, Or at the grocery store when somebody cuts in line in front of you. And suddenly, it's like, it's, like a, it's like a shotgun to kill a fly, okay? Suddenly, all that, where did that come from? Well, it was that beach ball that you've been pressing down underneath with all this anger that you've accumulated. And, it's, and you may not even realize it. You may not recognize the fact that you're doing that. But you're pushing this anger and this hurt and all this stuff under the surface. And you wonder, why am I so tired? Many times you're so tired because the emotions you're always trying to keep in check in your life that you're trying to push under, and you don't even realize how much energy subconsciously you're using that could be gone if you would just let go and forgive. Just forgive people. Well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. You didn't either. God forgave you. Right? Okay? You didn't deserve to be forgiven. Nor did I. Did you do anything that suddenly God said, well, you know, that person's been pretty odd. He really deserves to be forgiven. No. We're rascals. We we have no reason to deserve to be forgiven, but God graciously forgives us. And he says, now, in the same way, just, just in the same way that I've forgiven you, just forgive other people. Let them go. Let it go. It's not worth it. This is why I don't want to let them off the hook. Okay. Well, look. God's hook is better than your hook. Amen? Okay? Because God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I know how to repay. If somebody needs to get their day, God knows how to give it to them. Don't you try to give it to them. God knows how to do that. You just give it up to God. And if if they need a little trip to the woodshed, God knows how to help them experience that in their life. And some of you don't have a clue what the woodshed's all about. You're going to need to Google that when you go home today. Okay? Increase your self-control. We talked about that a few moments ago. We talked about this one as well. Work on your relationship skills. Take some classes. Read some books. There's some amazingly uh, incredible books out there from Christian authors. I'll give you one. Uh, the, the, the five languages, the five love languages, the five languages of love. I can never remember the title of the book. Gary Chapman. That's a good, just a beginner process. Learning how something about how different people experience love. Just do some reading in the area of how do I improve my relationship skills. Improve your emotional intelligence. Make that a project for your life. And the last thing that I'll mention here, we're going to be done for the day. If you get stuck, do what? Get help. If you get stuck, get some help in your life because help 
They're people that can help you break through the barriers if, you're, if you really want a breakthrough in a relationship. God will help you, and there are people that can help you as well. Because all of this leads to what we're talking about. And that's this idea of love and loyalty, love and faithfulness. Never let loyalty and kindness leave who? Leave me, right? Never let loyalty and kindness, love and faithfulness leave me, leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation, and you will understand something about smart living. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank you today for your word. We're grateful that you have uh, scriptures and wisdom and insight for us in every realm of our life. We pray that something that's said today would change the way we think and more importantly, change the way we live, renew us in our minds, renew us in our lifestyle, renew us in our relationships. Let us do our part to make all of our relationships better. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.